Hey, Katie. Yeah, Aaron? What kind of music should you listen to while you're fishing? Fish scales? Scales? It's like a popsicle stick joke. Like, what do fish <laughs> like to listen to? Scales. No. No? no. It's definitely been on popsicle sticks. You, I think you ruined my joke. <laughs> what was your joke? What kind of music does a fish like? Something catchy. <laughs> that could also be on a popsicle stick. In case you couldn't figure that out, this week's episode of the Not So Local Tourists with Aaron and I'm Katie is about fishing. Yay! So I have a deep relationship with all fish. If I think you've heard about this quite a bit over the years, Aaron. I wish you could see my face, but yes. Uh, little known fact about Katie, she's a bit of a fish expert. Or as much more, a fish nerd, I would more say. I wouldn't want to go into the expert category. But I didn't even so know there, you could be a fish nerd. I studied them in college. I have a minor in it. My thesis Minor was, in fish? Well, technically it's natural resource conservation, but it was pretty focused on fish. And my thesis, it's a journalism thesis, but it was about cod fishing and bluefin tuna. And I interviewed the guys of that TV show, Wicked Tuna. So mm-hmm. if you ever have questions about them, I might be able to answer them. But the weirdest thing I've done by far is I interned at a salmon hatchery mm-hmm. where I volunteered. Depends on what I need it to say on the resume. Mm-hmm. And we would pull these salmon out of the water uh, after they were migrating. That? It was in Massachusetts. Okay. They were trying there to were re- salmon in water in the Massachusetts? Yeah. Wow. Well, there's not many of them. They're trying to recover it. So that was part of this recovery effort. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is when the salmon were migrating to spawn, they would catch them at mm-hmm. the dams and bring them here where they would spawn. And then this particular type of salmon, you can force feed them, and then they'll live even after they spawn. Yeah, in case you you didn't know most salmon die after they, they spawn. spawn. That's yeah. it's like this great poetic metaphor that people <laughs> use. But here we are, Katie, floating metaphors. Yeah, and what you do is you <laughs> with a you stick. get a you get like a big fi- you get a fishing pole, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have any like line or anything on it, and you put like a meat hunk on the end of the fish, and you just hit them on the side of the mouth I want until you to they know that open. She's hitting me yeah, on the side of the until mouth. they open yeah. their mouth, mm-hmm. and then you jam the food I'm in. I'm not gonna open my mouth. Don't do, don't do that. And that is what I did when I was avoiding homework, as I would go and I'd try to force feed and then feed these fish. Did it work? Did they? Well, they canceled the program the year after. So the government's so, no longer spending money on that. So. so wait, the government is no longer spending money to poke fish. Not those fish. I'm sure they're doing it I'm somewhere so else. I'm sure they're poking fish somewhere else. So whether or not that worked is a mystery, I guess. But I guess I've always been more interested in studying fish than fishing for them in some ways. But you like to fish. That depends on how you define like. (laughs) (laughs) People say that fishing is relaxing, and I think that that's mostly people that know what they're doing. I don't know how you learn what you're doing when you're fishing, but... I don't think that what I do can really be considered fishing. It actually makes you really pretty agitated. Yeah, it's more like throwing an extended tantrum. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That starts usually when I get out of the car and have to, like, maneuver my fishing pole out of my small Honda Civic. (laughs) And I watch it scratch all of the windows and the side of my car. Yeah, but the moment that always really gets you is when you have to tie a knot or when you lose tackle because you didn't tie a knot properly because you won't just go ask somebody and take one of the FWC fishing classes and learn how to tie some knots. 
Okay, in my defense, <laughs> the bottom of the St. Andrews Marina is very rocky, and there's a lot of places to get your... There's also a lot of your tackle there. <laughs> there's a lot of my tackle there, but I bet there's a lot of other people's tackle there, too. But yes, I hate having to tie those knots. I think I that's the don't. only reason you bring me, is to tie your knots. No, because I also bring you for Addie. <laughs> My dog! Yeah, Addie thinks that fishing is the greatest thing in the whole world. Every time you cast out and something new comes back to her, she's amazed. She'll just sit there staring at you like you're a goddess while you she's fish. Just, I... Even if it's just like when it when you cast it and it's sitting in the water, she's just so like impatient. She's just like she's like moving around. She's like yipping. She's like, "What are you gonna bring me? What are you gonna bring me?" And that's maybe that maybe she'll that's put her why little get, paws on you. Yeah, she's like, "What do you have? What do you have for me?" I think it makes it really disappointing when you don't bring when something I don't back. For bring her. something back. Like I have to bring this animal fish because otherwise she will be disappointed in me. But it's not like she's ever tried to eat the fish. It's not like she's ever. She just like sniffs it and then she. It's just the whole the whole like ritual just gets her the whole ritual just gets her in a way that it just does not get me so where can you fish in panama city well we do have that article where to fish in panama city without a boat that i highly recommend that i wrote a couple years back but you can go the marinas are probably the most popular spot panama city marina and the saint andrews marina now we haven't done too much fishing off the panama we've city been marina. a couple of times but we've never like figured that spot out I just, I've, I've never figured any spot out but panama city the panama city marina still is an enigma to me but, but we've seen people like well that one time there was an octopus that there, somebody else had so, well that they had so just that's pretty they cool. had just left it on the sidewalk to fry though yeah, but they still at one Somebody point pulled an up. octopus out of the deep. People do catch things off that marina. I've never seen it. I want to see an octopus, a live one. But you know what I do see at night? It's like this weird ritual that happens every night. Everybody you, suddenly comes out. Everybody comes out and they're packed along the the tea part of the marina and they all have their full lights and they're all fishing and it's like whole families are out there and i just what's happening what are they fishing what for? are they fishing for why are they doing it at night like what is so pressing that they need to bring everybody like what is happening if you know what's happening please tell us please tell me I tweet that like- at aaron at pcnh aaron dion it's your full name right yeah yeah at pcnh aaron dion tell, I, her, tell her what you're fishing for i feel like i'm being left out of a joke and i hate that so I know that during the day they're catching grouper. I'm pretty sure is what they go for off there. Okay, but I I believe you. I've I've never managed to watch me be wrong, and we get like a flood of complaints, being like this girl who said she you. studies fish doesn't know what she's talking. When you get about. it right, it's all crickets. But when you get it wrong, everybody will tell everybody you. will tell you. But there is another marina, the St. Andrews Marina, that we tend to we tend to hang out there. You've caught a lot of catfish there. Yes. There is a spot on the St. Andrews Marina, and I don't know if I should share it on this show because people are generally very protective about their spots, but it is... You can figure it out. I would brand it as the best spot in the city, actually, Um, because because you can fish there. You might catch a catfish. You might also lose your tackle because the bottom is so rocky. (laughs) But it's okay because you can hear the music coming from Uncle Ernie's. But if you sit there... At the right time of night, 
You can hear on the live. On a day when Uncle Ernie's is on open. On a day when Uncle Ernie's is open, in a day when they have music, you can hear the music. And it's like, I say it's the hallmark of, you know, the not-so-local tourist marker, like the brand. It's That's a place. Brand? Yeah, it's a place where you as a local know about, but you can have the tourist experience. Without paying. Without paying to have to go to the restaurant or without paying you can just get the live music the only thing that you have to pay for we sound really is cheap now i just made us sound really cheap but the only thing you have to pay for is the fishing rod and the all that other stuff and everything that you leave at the bottom of the ocean and if you break your fishing rod which aaron has done while we were there the people not, at the marina store were really helpful i didn't break my fishing rod they had to like help you take apart your reel and put it back together and it still didn't it didn't work. Well, it did for a little bit, and then it broke again. But they were very helpful. They they were very helpful. They were extremely helpful. Like, the fact that it did not work after that was more the fault of the rod and the reel and not actually what they're about them. But if you want to take your show on the road and try fishing off a boat, there is loads of charters that you can... Mm-hmm. Hook your line to. Is that hook a, your line. Hook your. To? I think it's like hook your wagon to is the is the actual saying. But we're talking about fishing, so I'm. You're trying I'm, to be clever. I'm trying, and to it's clever going right over my head. And failing as most things. Um, we recently went out with Captain Anderson, and I mean they're the biggest, but also you can order online and book online, which That's I think the thing that really got which Aaron I think not having a, to make a phone call. Let me tell you, I love doing anything online. I'm a true millennial in that aspect. So when Captain Anderson lets you pick your seat, I think and, it's not just millennials that prefer to not have to make phone calls. Let's not let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, anyways, so we have been out with Captain Anderson a couple of times. And the first time that we went out, we had been here only a couple months. We mm-hmm. hadn't really been here that long, and it was the first. It was my first time going out like deep sea fishing in a while, and we just threw all the fish back. We didn't throw all of them back, but, but we, we threw a lot of them. We threw a lot of those fish. We don't back. really eat that much fish. We don't eat that Neither much of fish. Neither of us do. And it really alarmed the deckhands. They started that we like. Were- Trying to, like, beat us to the fish yeah, so that they could put them on the stringer. Well, I didn't want to bother the deckhand, so I would try and get the hook out myself. And when I got the hook out myself, I would just throw the fish back. And then so... Which like, the deckhands are more than happy to come over and help absolutely, you. Absolutely, no. Like, and they, we know they that want to do that. We know we that now. But then... I just didn't want to, like, I didn't want to bother them. They seemed like they were really busy all the time. So then it, the, I'm pretty sure the deckhands just parked next to us. Eventually, yeah. And we're just like, and like, I would go to throw it and they would like just scoop it out of my hand and put it in the bucket. And it would. <laughs> that was the day I also caught a big red snapper, but yes. it wasn't in season, so we had to throw that back. Absolutely. That was the biggest red snapper I've, I've ever, ever That's the biggest seen. one I've ever caught. You've, we've seen bigger ones. It, mm-hmm. It's bigger in your memory than it was in real life, but Probably. it's definitely the biggest one. I've caught but we just went last weekend and we definitely learned our lesson and we like went through we should have been throwing more back we should have been throwing more back because we went from bringing like no fish home to we brought like 30 pounds of fish home and we've been like slowly going around the office being like do you eat fish would you like some fish I have fish for you yeah we had, we had everybody over for dinner one day being like, yeah. come eat some fish tacos. It's good fish, too. Like, it's snapper. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's good stuff. We caught yeah. we we caught some red snapper. We, we saw what this that, time. We saw what that was all about. We caught some, some red snapper. snapper. Let me tell you, Katie is the best fisher on these charters that I have ever seen. Like, she has a fish on 
this within seconds of that line going down. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but you are tight line, crazy good. Tight line. As soon as you feel something, start reeling. Which is what they tell you to do. Just, the captain will say in the beginning, just reel, just reel. And he's right, just reel. I know, but like I just reel too, and I wasn't pulling up nearly as many fish. Like almost every time you had both hooks, like it was crazy. It was, and that you, at least 20 of those pounds of fish were your fish. You were just putting everybody to shame. Like, there were, like, grown men next to us who were not pulling in half as many fish as we were. So Fishing isn't gendered. No, but, fishing isn't gendered. I but- mean, I also grew up fishing in Rhode Island. My dad would take me once a summer to go to the charters there, mm-hmm. and we'd go fluke fishing. And I used to catch a ton of sea bass. That was, for some reason, I was never very good at catching fluke, but sea bass. I think anything that you have to reel in immediately is mm-hmm. what you're going to be good at. And like bass, you have to you have to set yeah. the hook and reel and then, immediately. Every now and then I'd catch a shark, a small one, like a little pup dog shark, which yeah. I think you you have yeah, experience so with. Yeah, so these deep sea fishing excursions are going much better than the first one that I went on back home in Massachusetts, mostly because I think it couldn't have gone any worse. <laughs> Then this, then this trip went. I think I was like 14 or 15, and my grandfather and I, we had been fishing for years and years and years and years and years on this little pond. It was like, it was a reservoir. It was a runoff from a cranberry bog that we fished in. And for years, like decades, we would go fishing there. And then he was like, what if we like went fishing? You know, because he used to take his, my, my mom and my uncle out deep sea fishing. So he was like, what if we tried this oh boy um i don't like boats that much no i don't i'm better with boats now i'm better now if the seas are relatively calm but i don't really like but that day i think you said that there were swells yeah it was it was pretty bad it was really choppy and the fishing part was actually very short um because every time we put our line in all we brought up was sharks, little dogfish, which were like little mini sharks, and you would bring them up on the deck. And then they and bleed. They, they bleed all over you. So much. Like, that's their defense mechanism. It's not the teeth. No. It's not the skin. It's the fact that they bleed on you, and you immediately want to put them back in the water. They bleed. They, like, they bleed so much. They're, they're bleeding everywhere. They're sharp. They're really sharp as fish. Like, between the, like, they're, like, scales that are really sharp, and, like, they're... Just, they're pointy and their teeth and they riddle all over the deck and it was just really scary and no matter where we went all we brought up was dogfish nobody caught a single thing that wasn't a dogfish and then the thunderstorm came oh Oh, my goodness the thunderstorm there wasn't there probably wasn't a point where we were out of sight of land that whole time but like i felt i i felt like ahab out there like just being we all piled into like the little galley and like the boat was just rocking back i'm pretty sure i was under a table like it was just it was like you were under a table as a 14 year old yes (laughs) it was just it was like one of those cartoons where the wave like comes up and then throws the boat and then another wave that's what it felt like i have no idea if it was actually that bad or not that's just what my mind that's just your memory of it that's just is it also like a cartoon drawing at this point the memory? No. Okay. No. I still have some vague memories of it, but 
everything else is, I mean, every, we haven't run into a thunderstorm. There was the time when you tried to go when Tropical Storm Colin. Well, my dad, he came down to visit me, and it's the only time he's come down to visit me since we moved here, and he wanted to go red snapper fishing, and it just happened to line up with Colin, and he had given Captain Anderson the wrong number, so we literally didn't get the memo, so we showed up anyways, just in case, so he could go snapper fishing. I mean, there were walls of rain. I think at one point you said you were driving. And the water was in my car, yeah. The water was Beach drive, man. Somebody's gotta fix that. Yeah. (laughs) But we want to hear your fishing stories. You want to hear your fish tales, if you will. Yes. We do also have a fish tales column now, so... If you have any good stories to tell, send me an email at klandek at pcnh.com or tweet at me at, at pcnhkdl, spelt with an I-E, or get in touch with Aaron or any call, whatever, smoke signals. Maybe I'll see them. Please just tell us. Help me. <laughs> All right. Have a good week, guys. Bye.